Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships in the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a, a, a program on marriage, one of the topics that I love to explore on the Family Sanctuary, because uh, as you know, we're focusing on life-giving relationships in the family, and and that starts with the couple, that starts with the, the, the parents, the father, the mother, the couple. And um, today we're going to ex- be exploring the topic of choosing marriage. Uh, the fact that so many people today seem to kind of almost drift into it. Uh, they've been cohabiting, let's say, for a while. Uh, and, well, maybe the next step seems to be marriage. Or there's co- pressure coming from family and friends. When are you going to get married? Or or then there's that kind of romantic pressure of, well, I want to start thinking about a big wedding. I'd love to have that wedding dress. Uh, um, that destination wedding or a destination honeymoon. So so many people are drifting into it or going into it perhaps for the wrong reasons. And today we're going to talk about choosing marriage and, and choosing it for the right reasons. <laughs> and our guest today, we've had several really wonderful programs with Dr. Perry Cahal, and he's our guest again today. Welcome, Dr. Cahal. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Peggy. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Uh, Dr. Cahal is uh, a professor of historical theology and the academic dean of the School of Theology at the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. And among the many wonderful courses he teaches to to the seminarians there, uh, from church history to Christology and patristics. He also teaches marriage and the theology of the body, which is a, a wonderful subject that has informed the church's teaching about marriage now uh, through our wonderful Pope John Paul II. So, um, but uh, he also brings into this subject his experience as a husband and father. He resides in Columbus, Ohio with his wife, Marissa. They've been married for 19 years and have two children, Andrew and Claire, and they're part of St. Michael's Parish. So he lives he lives the real world of marriage as well, right, Dr. Cal? That's right, yes. <laughs> There's no other world than the real world when you're married. <laughs> Absolutely. And we were just talking about the fact that you can know everything and teach everything about marriage as you do. And yet it's it's not an intellectual exercise, right? No. It's a lived experience. Marriage is about a lived relationship. In fact, when we talk about the sacrament of marriage, the lived relationship is the sign of Christ's living relationship with his church. Right. So that that's a profound thought that 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 the love of Christ and his church it, for his church that lived relationship is modeled somehow in marriage. That's, that's an amazing concept. Well, uh, today we want to focus in on choosing marriage, not just drifting into it or or um thinking of of marriage for the wrong way, wanting that engagement ring. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, wanting that beautiful wedding. Why? What is really the 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 core of choosing marriage? What should be the the choice one is making when one chooses marriage? Yeah, I think um, first of all, we're we're big on talking about discernment, you know, in the seminary world, 
And I think we need to kind of appropriate that term for marriage as well. You know, um, marriage is a vocation. It's a call. It's a call mm-hmm. to holiness, mm-hmm. just as priesthood or religious life is. They're both, by the way, considered sacraments of service to communion, right? So if marriage is a vocation to holiness, if the sacrament of marriage is the service to communion, it should involve some thoughtful, prayerful consideration. And that's what we mean when we're talking about discernment, about whether or not this is the appropriate choice for me to make for my life so that I journey further towards God's kingdom. So now, then what's the, the thing that I ought to be discerning? Do I want to commit myself to a faithful, permanent relationship that's open to fruit with this individual? That's what I'm discerning. You know, one can feel called to marriage in a general sense, but in a previous show we talked about how John Paul II talked that said that all of us have this desire for spousal love in the depths of our hearts. We can realize that desire in marriage or in consecrated life. We really start discerning marriage when we meet another person who's marriage material or potential marriage material. And then we start asking ourselves questions about that person and the, and the perspective of living the rest of my life with that person. Let me refer to um, kind of a, a negative example of would be a reason why not to get married. Several years ago, I saw a, a survey, and I can't remember where I saw this, and I, I haven't been able to dig it up again, but it was a survey of several hundred engaged couples. And the question was asked to these engaged couples, why do you want to be married? One of the top responses was, because I want to be happy. Now, I think that response shows why, potentially why, a lot of marriages are failing in our culture. Now, let let me kind of explain a bit. Everybody should have kind of a reasonable expectation that by getting married, there's going to be some happiness that's derived from that life. So I'm not saying that you should want to be miserable when you choose to get, if if you want to get married because you want to be miserable, then there's something psychologically wrong with you and you need to get therapy. But what I mean is, you know, why do you want to get married? Because I want to be happy. Why should, why is that a problematic response? Because maybe it signifies that this person thinks that marriage has the power to make them happy. To make me happy. Yes. (laughs) Or, Or maybe this is the last piece of the puzzle and all I really need now is to get married and that'll be, my life will be complete. The reality is nobody has the power to make us happy apart from Jesus Christ, period. So let me kind of personalize this. If for one instant my wife thinks that I have the power to make her happy, that I can fulfill the deepest recesses of her heart, right? She's going to be one sorely disappointed woman. Mm-hmm. I do not have that in me. I cannot make her happy. And if she expects that of me, she's ultimately placing a weight on my shoulders that will ultimately crush me because I can't live up to that expectation. The only person in the universe who can do that is Jesus Christ, period. Mm-hmm. So the re- to get married, why, why choose marriage? What, to be happy is not the right reason, right? The right reason is because I found somebody in this other person who's so beautiful, so good, right, that I want to spend the rest of my life with just that person till death do us part open to bringing new life into the world. That's what I want. That's what I'm discerning. So I guess one thing we could pursue a little bit in the discussion is our definition of the word happiness. Because certainly when people do fall in love with each other, when they maybe start thinking about, is this the person I want to spend my life with? uh, They often do have a real a f- sense of happiness, a feeling of happiness that they think might, perhaps that feeling of happiness is is 
something they think is going to be lasting. <laughs> um, and yet it may only be the beginning stage of the relationship or maybe more the in- infatuation stage or the initial falling in love stage. Um, and and they're expecting perhaps that that kind of feeling is going to be permanent in a relationship. Uh, this may be the reason they think I want to marry this person. This person right. is making me <clears throat> happy. But but the happiness you're talking about is a very different kind of happiness. Right. I'm not talking about subjective feelings, which can come and go and are dependent upon what I had for dinner last night. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about a deep interior peace. And ultimately, happiness coincides with what's good for human nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a feeling. It's right. what's it's it actually is what's truly objectively good for me as it as God defines what's good for me based upon the being that he's made me to be mm-hmm. a human person made an, as an intimate union of body and soul destined for eternity with him. Mm-hmm. What serves that goal will make me happy. Well, right. you said earlier that sometimes people start thinking about marriage. Maybe this is the person I want to marry or maybe I should be married when they meet a person that mm-hmm. they that they think may be the right person for them. How do, how do they discern that then? What are things that they need to consider? Or um, I think we said a little bit earlier, sometimes it's, it's easier to see what, what the negative would be or, or, or what should be red flags. No, those are good questions. And I think the negatives are some, are I think in many ways easier to deal with. So any motivation for marriage, which would treat this other person as a means to an end, is an inappropriate reason for getting married. And you could enumerate tons of them. You know, so uh, am I just purely sexually attracted to this person? Pure sexual attraction is not going to lead to a durable, lifelong relationship. Because there's going to be some point in your relationship where where one or the other of you or both are not going to be quite physically attractive as you were when you were younger. Right. Um, Do I want to marry this person for some type of stability? Financial, emotional, Am I running away from something? Do I want to get out of my own house, my own mm-hmm. messed up family? Um, do I really love this other person's family? You know, and love to be around them instead of the, the person, him or herself. Um, do I see in this other person, here's a good one, uh, a project, right? Some, something like clay that I can mold to be what I ultimately want as a, this, a spouse. I can spouse. fix this person. Yes, a fixer yeah, upper, so Or this speak. person needs a lot uh, is a needy person. Yes. I've seen so many marriages that are really in difficulty because one person thought they could fix the other person. Yes. And I don't think that's uncommon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. You know, and there's so many needy people today, that's true, that are, are coming into relationships um, wounded, um, perhaps with addictions, with uh, all kinds of experiences in the past that are so difficult and they have not yet come to healing. Right. They haven't. Um, that they they aren't whole. So we can talk about that a little bit more as as we go go on too. But yeah. So so the reasons not to the red flags that we yeah. should be looking for. Yeah. The the one you mentioned too about um, you like being with the family. Yes. Uh, of this person, maybe people coming into marriages today have not had a strong family. And uh, they're attracted to someone from a from a strong family, and that may be the main thing, the main reason that they're attracted to that person. Uh, that probably is not going to be enough. That's no. not the basis. <clears throat> Most of the time, it's not. It, it, and it's it, and all of those are, are, as I said, you know, they're they're treating the other person as a means to an end. 
Mm. You know, it, the question is, do I want this person? Do I want to marry? Do I want to go through a, a, a life faithfully, you know, forever, fruitfully with this person? Not for anything this person can give me, even if it's their family. Yeah. But for them. It's not it's not about me. That's I'm not correct. looking for something that is going to satisfy my needs. Right. Something that will give me what I don't have. It's just a good point because when you examine the the consent, the wedding vows, there's nothing in those vows which promises what what you will get other than you're receiving the other person. <laughs> You'll right? get the other person what you're, the to vow, love. <laughs> yes. The, the vows are focused on what you are promising to give. Hmm. Right. I will That's be faithful beautiful. to you till death do us part. This is what I will do yes. to, for you. Yes. Our guest today, and I want to reintroduce him now, we're uh, about halfway through our program, and we have a lot that we still want to talk about, Dr. Perry Cahall, who is a professor of theology and the academic dean of the School of Theology at the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. And as such, he he primarily teaches uh, those studying for the priesthood, but he also um, has has just written a book that will be published soon for lay people. Uh, and it's called Living the Mystery of Marriage. It's going to be published by the Liturgical Training Pub- Publications in Chicago uh, for people preparing for marriage and for the newly married. And I know that couples like my husband and me who who always are wanting to enrich our marriage and understand more God's call for us will love it too. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm eager for it to come out, Dr. Cahill. I, I would be honored if that's the case. If after 50 I, I years we're going to find something <laughs> beneficial. Oh, I know it will. Uh, because we're always working at marriage. Marriage is hard work because we are selfish individuals by nature. And marriage calls us to, to self-gift, giving ourselves to the other person. It's not all about me, as we've been talking about in the first part of our program, that sometimes people start thinking, maybe this is the person I want to marry or should marry, because they see things in that person that are going to fill gaps in themselves. They're, they're looking for things to uh, for, for me, 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 um, not they're, they're not looking at what is in this person that makes him or her uh, the person that I need to spend the rest of my life with. Right? And that's what we want to talk about now and taking away from the me, me, me. And how do we discern, um, look into another person? What are we looking for that yeah. is going to make this person a, a, a lifelong partner in marriage? So that we yeah. can have a lasting marriage and give ourselves in self love. Yeah. So what or are self gift? I'm sorry, self gift. So what are the positive indicators that this relationship can move towards marriage? Yes. I mean, ultimately, the question that we're trying to answer is: Is the prospect of marriage to this person going to benefit ultimately the eternal salvation of both of us? Mm-hmm. You know, is this leading us a step closer towards our ultimate destiny? That's what the type of person we want to marry. Now, let's kind of step that back because that sounds pretty lofty. Yeah. Right. Um, first of all, I think it's basic questions like, is this person who they seem to be? You know, are they trustworthy? Is this prospective spouse, is this, is this somebody that I can trust, that I can hand myself up to, over to and, and trust them? You know, um, are they loyal? Uh, do Is there a deep mutual respect for each other mm-hmm. right? and each other's interests? And, each, you know, um, are there, do I desire to 
freely give myself to this person, to live an exclusive relationship with this person? Can I see myself spending the rest of my life with this person? Can I see myself having children with this person? Will this person make a good parent? That's a question that I don't think gets asked by many young people anymore because we've so artificially separated children from marriage. But marriage is an intrinsically procreative institution. So a question that ought to be on one's mind is, what kind of a mother will this woman be? What kind of a father will this man be? And if the answer is, well, I think he'd be an awful father or an awful mother, well, then maybe one should reconsider whether or not this should progress to marriage. Um, I think some other fundamental questions. Does my time or has my time with this person made me a better person? Have I experienced spiritual and moral growth in some way? Mm-hmm. Um, have I grown in virtue? Have, I mean, ultimately, you could ask the precise question, have I journeyed deeper in, in my relationship with Christ as a result of the time I spent with this person? But even short of that, am I, am, is it clear that my time with this person has made me better or have, you know, on the opposite end, have I been led into sin? Is this person bringing out the good in me? Yes. Or... When I'm with this person, do I like the person that that I am good question. <laughs> better yes. when I'm with this person? Right. And yeah. I think a good read on that, and we talked about this a bit before we came on air, is um, what do my family and friends think? You know, now, that can be a tricky question because you, you have to make sure that your family and friends are properly motivated in, in responding to the question. But assuming that they, that they are, you know, do they think that my time with this potential spouse has made me better? Has it drawn out the best in me? Or do they really not like who I am as a result of having my time spent with this person? Mm-hmm. If they would say something to you like, um, yeah, I, I don't like who you've become since you've right. been dating so-and-so, uh, or I don't like seeing you behave that way. Those are definitely red flags that yes. that, that person you're with is not drawing the best out of you. Yes. Um, and yet, and we talked about this a little bit, too, before the program, that sometimes if parents see uh, one of their children dating someone, um, perhaps even thinking of marrying someone that they don't believe is a good influence, that they believe is not calling the best out of their child, um, what, what should they do? Uh, or if you're a brother or a sister or, or a good friend, of a person that you see maybe going down the wrong path in a relationship, what should you do? Yeah. Um, I think the, that what you shouldn't do is to confront the person and say, as a parent, like there's under, under no circumstances you're allowed to date that individual ever again. Cause right. I think ultimately if you're, especially when you're dealing with a teenager, uh, you know, somebody who's still under your roof that will drive them right into that other person's arms. Right. Um, but I think you had a wonderful suggestion, which is, you, you know, if you have concerns to sit down with your child, with your friend, and to say, you know, I'm kind of curious about your relationship with so and so. What attracts you to her, to him? Right. Why do you Why do you really like to spend time with them? You- yeah, yeah. And when that's what I call the love approach, which um, we use a lot in the pregnancy help movement, but it works with your spouse, it works with your friends, it works with your children, it works even in the workplace. And that is often it's most helpful when you don't really exactly know what to say to help someone. Mm-hmm. The situation is complex. You you don't have all the answers. You know that you're that this person may be in a difficult situation. You want to help them, but you don't quite know how to do it. 
but you sense that they're in some kind of danger or that there's difficulty. And the first thing you do is sit down and try to listen to them. Really just be there eyeball to eyeball uh, and 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 really get involved with them in a caring way and just say something like, well, tell me about it. Yeah. Like you say, tell me about your relationship with so-and-so. Right. Um, yeah, what what attracts you to that person? You know, um, how is it going? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about her or him? How do you feel when you're with him or her? Just tell me more and more about yeah. the situation. And the more you can get that person to speak, the more you probably will see if if you're discerning that they're in a difficult situation, that there are some problems or issues there that person will start even expressing those. Well, sometimes it's not real comfortable when she says this, or, yeah, I don't like it when we drink too much together. Or, well, I know, you know, I know we shouldn't be. And one of the things that, that we talked about is that some couples actually today are even viewing pornography together. Yes, It's, it's what a horrible way to start out a, a relationship. Um, <clears throat> so couples may be involved even in some pretty dangerous activities together. And probably if you're just sitting down and really caring and listening to this other person, some of that will come out. And I think by asking those questions that you're posing right now, what you're doing is you're prompting them to discern. Yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they probably don't realize it, but but that's what you're doing. You're asking mm-hmm. them to, to thoughtfully consider what is this relationship about and where should it go? Mm-hmm. And at the end of that of that conversation, if they start articulating, as you said, you know, well, I'm concerned when she does this or mm-hmm. I don't really like it when he does that, to ask the question instead of giving direction to say, well, what do you think you can do about it? Exactly. That's the next step. After the listening is the options. Well, so what other things could you be doing rather yeah. than that? Or have you thought about this option or – You know, and it could be, you know, just thinking of, um, you know, dating a different person. Right. And it may end up that that conversation may end up with the realization that this relationship should not progress to marriage. Exactly. And and I I want to make this point before we come to the end of our program, which is to make to enter into marriage means to make a free decision, Mm -hmm. which means that I if I'm free to marry, I also have to be free not to marry. Mm hmm. And I think many times that young couples have so intertwined their lives, entangled their lives, both financially and by living together sexually, mm-hmm. that they just drift into marriage without making a conscious decision. Right. And, and their freedom is impinged because the question can be asked to them, are you free to leave this relationship? Right. And if the answer is no, then they're really not free to marry. Right. Good point. And our topic is choosing marriage. It yes. needs to be a choice. An absolutely free choice. And a free choice. will choice. Yes. And, and that leads us to the next step of the love approach. After the listening and the talking about options is your chance to give a new vision to the person, you know, and, and, and your hopes and dreams for them. I want you to have a spouse that truly is, is a good in your life. Uh, that you can share your life with forever, that you can love truly, that brings out all the best in you, you know, because God wants that for you. God created you for that kind of love where you can give 
and you can you can bear fruit in this relationship. And so you can share with this person God's plan for them and your hopes and dreams for them. And it's a, in a very loving and non-judgmental setting. You know, it's not, I'm preaching to you. Right. I'm Which sharing with works. you that vision. And then there's the E-step in the love approach. Extend and empower. What help can you provide? And and maybe to help them along that way. You just said uh, earlier and when we were talking that true our, our true identity is found in Jesus and only in Jesus. So that's a vision as well that we can perhaps say, you know, maybe – would you be willing to talk to the priest? Would you be willing to go to confession? Uh, what about prayer and bringing this, bringing this in prayer? Is this the right person? What actions do I need to take now? You know, so is there some practical help you can provide? So that's the love approach. And I think that when we're in relationship with people we love, we need to help them in the discernment process. Thank you for pointing out that that is really a tool for discernment. Oh, absolutely. And helping them isn't telling them what to do, right. but helping them to, to thoughtfully reflect upon what they are doing and what yeah. they what, what are the options for their lives. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Cahal. Thank you, Our Peggy. guest today has been Dr. Perry Cahal, and we've been talking about marriage, choosing marriage. We have other programs in our archives with Dr. Cahal, who has so much to share about this. And you are listening now to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and the Family Sanctuary with your host, Peggy Hartshorn. We're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com, and you can hear our program broadcast every Saturday at 4 o'clock and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he